this morning, which I am terrible at speaking in front of people, so bear with me. Um, and he asked me if I wanted to preach on Celebration Sunday, which he's kind of mentioned a few times before. And he said, we're going through Romans, you know, which in youth, by the way, I am the youth leader here. If I didn't mention, my name is Dusty. Um, and in youth, it's just a lot different. You know, I'm talking to teenagers. Sometimes they're paying attention. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they give feedback. So um, it's just the demographic is a lot different. And I thought I could do, you know, 50 people, one service, 50 the next. That was fine. And then he said, let's do one big service. You can speak to everyone at once. I'm like, okay, great. So I did, I got a little nervous. And um, I started kind of going over the message. And I was in service one morning. I was listening. But God said, I think you should write your testimony. So I was like, okay. So I started writing it out, and I messaged Brian. And I said, I think I want to share my testimony on Sunday. And he said, that's a great idea. So I wrote it probably 10 times and rehearsed it probably just as many. And um, I said, what if I forget something? He's like, it's your story. You can't mess it up. So I was like, okay, here it goes. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just think I know so many people here. You know, I've gotten to know a lot of people here in the two years that I've been here. But, and a lot of you have gotten to know me, but nobody really knows my story before I walked into the church. So um, here it is. <laughs> um, when I was younger, I lived with my dad, my sister, and my mom. And my childhood was kind of all over the place. Um, when I was about six, my sister and I started to move around with my mom a lot. She was really unstable. Um, we lived with a boyfriend, and then we lived with friends. For probably six months, we lived in a women's shelter. And when I was about seven, my mom was murdered, and my life really went down pretty quickly. Um, after my mom passed away, my dad moved my sister and I from North Dakota to Idaho, and we lived with family. And the family that we lived with included my aunt, who I got really close to. And a few years later, about three, my aunt got sick and she passed away. So I was 10 and I lost my mom. I lost my aunt. And I was in a really dark place. Um, Jeremiah, or Luke 1.79 says, To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And that's exactly where I was at in my life. My life was dark. I didn't know, I didn't know God, I didn't have any direction. And I remember after all of this, I was kind of just waiting for my dad to die. I thought that that was what was gonna happen. So um, in the midst of it all, my dad met Donna. And honestly, if I was to describe God's light to you, that was it to me. She introduced me to God. She began to mend the wounds that I had from the loss of family members, which shortly after followed my grandparents. Um, and most of all, she made my dad really happy. They got married, and in February, they celebrated 18 years. So um, I wanted to show a really ridiculous family picture of us, but I, I wasn't able to get it. Um, so. I had my sister and my dad and I, and when they got married, I got two new brothers, which one of them is here. 
today supporting me. Um, and I gained three new sisters. So we went from just kind of my sister and I to this whole family. But it was awesome. We loved it. Um, we began to attend church with them in Boise. We went to Cloverdale Church of God, which is actually kind of a partner with this church, so it's ironic that I ended up here. Um, but we began to attend that church, and it quickly became my second home. I was there all the time. Um, I, when I was old enough to attend youth group, I was in youth group. I played the drums for the youth band, which I can't do now, so I did not prepare that. I apologize. I didn't... <laughs> um, I went to summer camp with them. I attended a small group. I attended Maureen's small group. Um, I was there all the time, and I was on fire for God. Um, but as soon as that fire started, it seemed like that fire went out. I quickly just began to go through the motions. Um, I didn't realize it, you know, but I wasn't there for the right reasons. So I put my time into other things pretty quickly. I wanted to be pretty, I wanted to be popular, and I was willing to do whatever it took. Um, we moved to Homedale when I was 14, and that really, really halted my relationship with God. I thought that God had abandoned me. You know, he pulled me from this place that I thought people loved me so much, and I just didn't understand why. But... 20 years later, I guess I realized that God always has a plan. <laughs> so the downward spiral continued to happen. Um, when I was 17, I got pregnant. And to me, that was going to be my life. I sincerely felt that I wasn't smart enough. I probably wouldn't make it into college. And I didn't think that I had any natural talents. So I probably wouldn't get a job without college. Um, and that was my mindset. I had Noah, and I poured myself into being his mother. I thought that I may have not been the best person, but I was going to be a good mom. And little did I know at the time that I was so wrong. So I took really good care of him, yes, and I loved him like crazy. But I didn't do the one important thing that you're supposed to do. I didn't show him a good example I was still partying. I was still caring about myself. And eventually, when I was 20, I got pregnant again. And this time, it was not what I wanted. So because of that, I decided that the only logical thing for me to do was give that baby up for adoption. So five months pregnant, I went to my parents. I said, I'm pregnant. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't even go to the doctor. So I told my parents, I said, I'm pregnant. I am giving the baby up for adoption. I have a family that's going to adopt this baby. Everything was set up. They talked me out of it. <laughs> so during the pregnancy, I ended up getting married, and I gave birth to Eli. <laughs> I wish I could say that that moment I gave birth to him, everything changed, but it didn't. It was really hard to be his mom, and it wasn't just him, <laughs> but it was just the relationship that I had with his dad. It wasn't good, and I found myself projecting those negative feelings that I had onto Eli. So two years I was in that marriage. 
And it was a really hard two years. It was, there was a lot of heartache. And the darkness that I had inside me from my childhood filled me ten times over. I became angry and closed off and hurt. And it was a really hard time. On February 26th of 2015, I got a phone call telling me that my husband was being arrested and that I needed to get home with my children. My one-year-old and my four-year-old were sitting on the couch while my husband was in handcuffs, and police searched my home. I don't know how you're supposed to tell a child in that situation where their dad's going or when he's coming back. So my five-year-old at the time, being Noah, was an amazing kid. I never had problems with him. He slept through the night. He was happy. He did everything I asked him to. And at that moment, it was not that way. <laughs> and I don't know if anybody has ever had anything happen in their life, but kids suffer. And Noah was hurt, and he was confused, and I didn't know how to fix that. For one time, it wasn't a bruise that I could fix or a scrape that I could fix. His heart hurt. Soon after, I met Cliff, and this is where it gets happy, I promise. <laughs> I met Cliff, and honestly, God led me to him one day, and my heart never left. Jeremiah 29:11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. We were just two people broken and trying to survive. We quickly got engaged. I remember the first time that I met him, or I told my dad that I was going to bring him. I said, hey, dad, I'm bringing somebody to meet you, and I'm pretty sure I'm in love with him. First time I ever told my dad that I was dating somebody. And he said, does he have a job? <laughs> I was like, okay, hey, we're doing okay. <laughs> so we got engaged, and I decided that the person I wanted to marry us was my previous youth pastor, which is how I found Brian again, found out he was here, and he told us in order to marry us, we would have to go through premarital counseling. It was a six-week course. Um, Cliff was really hesitant. We did it in five and a half weeks because it took us that long to decide, yes, that's what we wanted to do. But the first time we went to that class, Cliff quickly realized that Brian was just like us. He was a human being. He made mistakes. His sins were the same as ours. He wasn't this guy that stood up on a pedestal and looked down on us for the way we dressed or the way we talked, but he was just like us. So Cliff really liked him, and he said, I think that our kids need to grow up in a church. I think that we need to go to his church. And I was like, are you sure? Because we just, we got married by him, you know, that's it. We don't have to go to a church, you know. And he was like, I think we should go. So we decided to come here. And to be honest, everything in my life all led up to the moment that I walked into the doors on Sunday morning. I started to realize that God had so many good plans for us. As a teenager, I thought I was a great Christian, but I soon realized that the feelings that I began to have for God as a 25-year-old adult were nothing compared to what I felt when I was 12 years old. What I thought was putting God first, I started realizing that I had him close to last. Like Paul in the book of Acts, scales fell from my eyes, and I truly saw God for the first time. That's also roughly the time that I figured out God has a great sense of humor. 
So here I was a few months into my renewed faith journey. I decided that I wanted to volunteer somewhere within the church. And I picked the children's ministry. I love kids. I've worked in a daycare. It's a good fit for me. I told Brian, I think I want to volunteer in children's. He said, I think you should volunteer in youth. And I was like, you knew me as a teenager, right? You remember that? And he's like, I think you would be great at it. So I told Cliff pretty much the same thing. Brian wants me to volunteer in youth. I was a terrible kid. And Cliff was like, I think you should do it. I'll go with you. So I was like, okay. So we show up um, Wednesday night, and I kid you not, Christina, the current youth pastor, and or the previous youth pastor, and her boyfriend were there, and Cliff and I were there, and there were seven kids. So we have four adults and seven kids, and I'm like, why am I here? And then God was like in heaven laughing, and I was like, oh, okay. So I volunteered for a few months. <laughs> I was like, this doesn't make sense. So Lamentations 3.32 says, though he brings grief, he will show compassion so great in his unfailing love. I was about to see God's love completely unfold before my eyes. God used me. He used me to build relationships and gain the knowledge that I needed of him. And most importantly, to prepare me for the next stage in my ministry that had began before I even realized it. The funny thing about God is he knows what you need in your life before you even do. He knew before I walked into the church on Sunday. He can see possibilities and opportunities that we would never have seen ourselves. And that's what God saw. And that's what my husband saw. And that's what Pastor Brian saw. Now, some of you may not believe when I say I'm not a leader. I am not a leader. And I'm not one to speak in front of people. But God pushed me. I believe at first it was like with a stick, but I think that he sincerely pushed me to just keep going and keep asking those questions. Satan told me I wasn't smart enough or strong enough. He told me to not ask those questions because you'll embarrass yourself. Six months into serving in the youth ministry, Christina left, and that brought an opportunity that I never thought was for me. God opened my mouth, and the words came out that I never thought I would say. I asked Brian, I would love the youth pastor position if it's available to me. The second I said it, I was like, just get up and leave. <laughs> you don't want to hear the answer because Brian's going to say, well, I appreciate your enthusiasm, but we're looking for someone a little more qualified. So I was just bracing myself. <laughs> so why did I even ask? But God knew. You know, this year in August, I will celebrate two years as the youth director at Oregon Trail. I <laughs> Thank you. I just finished my second year of teaching Launchpad at the Middleton High School, and going into this school year, I will be the lead teacher at, for Launchpad. Um, I've been enrolled and I've been attending Leadership Focus through the Church of God, and hopefully by 2021, I will be a credentialed ordained minister. <laughs> Not only did God believe in me, but Brian believed in me. He saw something in me that I failed to see in myself. He showed me love and compassion when I sincerely felt that I didn't deserve it. Colossians 3.12 says, As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, 
gentleness, and patience. Brian showed me those things. And when I didn't want to come to church on a Sunday morning, and I did anyways, everybody that was here showed me those things. Because of Brian's example, I hope that I can show that in my ministry as I walk with God daily. Now, I'm done way too early, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I just have to say before I finish out that I rehearsed this probably 15 times, and it was 20 minutes long. So record time there. God has completely changed my life, and it all started with the people in this room. So thank you.